Welcome to the Alpha Pickleball Podcast, where we slice through the noise to bring you the juiciest insights, strategies, and stories from the dynamic world of pickleball. Join us as we serve up engaging conversations with top players, coaches, and enthusiasts, giving you an ace perspective on all things pickleball. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just stepping onto the court, get ready for a volley of knowledge that'll elevate your game to alpha levels. Let the rallies begin. All right. Welcome again to the show. I'm your host, Tats. Uh, really excited to have Mike Oxy here. So thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. You're welcome. Glad to be here. So for people um, audio only, you might not be able to see this. Well, Mike, you have the amazing shirt. Um, what's your background? So I was born and raised in Hawaii. Um, I wear this shirt uh, because during COVID, when the rest of the world was shut down, and we had to cancel probably 50 tournaments that year. For my birthday, I bought three of these shirts that all have my pig logo on it. And so every year for my birthday, I buy another set of three so that at any tournament I'm at, I'm the easiest guy to find in the Hawaiian camouflage. So it's become kind of my brand. Um, it's because I grew up in Hawaii, so I have a lot of those roots. I did live in California for 10 years and went to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, Spent 25 years in the Northwest, but I have now escaped to the desert. I'm in the sun in Phoenix and uh, going to basically develop this whole market just like we did the Northwest. Wow. Um, so you started this roughly around 2016? Yeah. So in 2016, I had been running a couple of tournaments for our club with some good success. And the software company, Pickleball Tournaments, called me up and said, hey, uh, we are getting a lot of questions. We can't get everywhere to train. Would you mind starting a business? We can't pay you, but if you start a business, we'll refer people to you. So the strategy was I was going to do the Northwest. Someone else was going to do the Southeast, and then we'd grow into the middle. Well, I did the slow methodical growth of six tournaments my first year and 12 the next and 26 the next one. Well, the other end of the country, he did... 18 his first year, and nine the next year, and then he closed the year after that. So uh, I, I did the slow, steady growth, and it's actually worked out great because I've been able to build. I was doing it as a side hustle while I worked for Kroger, and I could adjust my hours. But uh, by the third year, it was pretty clear I had to either leave my job and jump in 100% or pull back and just do it part-time. So... Uh, I decided to jump in, became a corporation, hired a couple of key people to get started with, and the journey began. Wow. Um, you know, I used to do events for work-related stuff, but I mean, I think the level that you scaled to is quite big now. It, it is. So we did 90 tournaments last year and 80 tournaments the year before. Um, ever since COVID, it's all been, you know, a big explosion. Everyone that learned during COVID is now inviting their friends to play, and that group is now inviting the next level. So we're seeing significant growth everywhere. The nice thing is that I, I continue to try to hire pickleball tournament players to be tournament directors uh, because we can learn what went really well somewhere else or what did not, and basically 
work that way. So I have four other pl- tournament directors right now. And the goal is to work one one weekend a month at home and one weekend a month on the road. That way you can kind of have a work-life balance. Uh, some months we're doing three tournaments each because it's the summer and that's the peak time. But realistically, it's it's cycled into a year-round job. We try not to work Super Bowl weekend. We try not to work Mother's Day weekend. We know there's those are two competing uh, events that are hard to beat. So the rest of the year is um, a lot of a lot of fun, ongoing work. Yeah, I mean, what were the early learnings as you were getting up and running? Well, a lot of the early learnings was uh, just trying to set the same expectation. It's it's really simple. If we start early and we end early, then we can all go to happy hour together. It was pretty simple. Just trying to work with that. So the consistency piece of whether you came to a tournament on Maui or to Portland or to Seattle, it was the same experience. You knew that you would be able to start on time and be done on time so that you could go and do the rest of your vacation or see family. Uh, and it's really continued to grow from that that basic expectation. You know, if we say we're going to use a certain ball, we actually use that ball. Believe it or not, some other tournaments – They'll you, they'll talk about one ball and you'll show up and it's a different one. Those are the kind of details that really matter to players. When I was a player, you know, I practiced with this ball. I want to play with this ball. Don't pull a quick one on me the week before or the day before. Sure. What were the, some of the things you'd have to do to make sure that things um, started or at least ended on time? It's um, when we set the schedule, a lot of the work we do is all before we arrive on site. So when we set the schedule, is it overbooked or underbooked? Do we leave a little bit of a buffer so that the overlap isn't as crazy? And that's part of the the art slash science of running a pickleball tournament is that pre-work, making sure everyone's paid, making sure everyone's partners registered, are they in the right division? So we, we do communicate quite a bit with players, hoping that they'll read the emails and at least notify us if something isn't right. Um, and that way it sets the schedule correctly so that you know what to expect and we don't have any last minute changes except for our friend, the weather, the weather can uh, be a whole nother obstacle. Yeah. And how did you set like the early locations and stuff? Would you just demand based or, or just sort of, um, related to where you can get to? Well, a lot of the early locations were. Back then, you have to remember, pickleball wasn't well-known, so I'd have to go and explain what pickleball was. So a lot of the early locations were based on where recreational play was going on or where I knew uh, someone that you know knew the club or the city was willing to accept rentals. So a lot of it was coming in with this new sport that most people didn't know about in 2016, 2017, 2018, It wasn't until about 2020 during COVID that pickleball popularity really exploded. So I could shift from now the education of what pickleball is. Now I can shift to the, you've built these facilities. Would you like to recover any of your investment? And that business side of things isn't very common in pickleball. It's always been run by a club or an organization or a group. Uh, So now if you go and look, you will see a lot more rotaries involved. Um, a lot more of the businesses are realizing that this pickleball thing can really help 
draw people together. It's a fun event for everyone, all ages, all sizes, all skills, all genders. Anyone can play pickleball. Yeah, for sure. And um, just focusing uh, on the player side, I mean, obviously, you know, running events, you get to see all sorts of different people coming in, the preparation, maybe their mindset. I mean, you know, who are the, the people that come prepared? Like what sort of things do you see, like, you know, that, that set them up to be successful at a tournament? Well, so what's fun is that we get, we've seen people grow and develop over the years. A lot of the more successful people early on socialize with their regular group that they play recreational. So they'll know these little tips about bringing trail mix with you so that you can kind of snack along the way um, as you're playing around Robin, you don't have time to stop and eat a burger and then carry that big lump in your stomach. So those are the kind of fun things where we saw players uh, talking with each other with the early days. It was a lot more, um, you know, teach me how to do this or tell me where it is. And, and you would see the, I don't want to say the senior, the tenured players teaching the new players uh, these are the kind of things. Make sure you pack bananas because it'll help if you start to get cramps. Those kind of basic things. Now we have a lot more social media. It's all over Facebook, YouTube, you can, Instagram. You can find anything on tournaments. So it's the prepare that always, um, you, you can tell they've done their research so that they can have a fun time. And whether it's watching some of the funny YouTube clips or the reels, um, more people are more prepared, except there is still one group of players that always shock me are not prepared. It's almost always the bachelors, the guys that are not attached. Uh, they don't bring any food. They might bring a water bottle um, and they tend to have the most amount of injuries. So I'm trying to figure out the strategy of how to communicate better with the male players right now. Because um, that seems to be the last group that hasn't quite figured out how to how to come prepared for pickleball for four hours. Ah, got it, got it. Um, and then uh, I guess um, you know you said consistent experience. Um, now, when when was it? Um, I guess it was is it COVID the big inflection point, or did you notice you know? momentum earlier on because i'm just wondering you staring at this as an opportunity to see if it's growth um where was it at when you made that leap so back in 2019 2018 is when i had to leave kroger uh and go full time and it was clearly because i was receiving more requests than i had days off and we always were trying to build out six months to a year in advance and it was pretty clear that in early 2018 that I wasn't going to have enough to get through the end of the year. Um, I like to say yes. I have a hard time saying no when someone says I want your business. So I, I always try to find a way. And that's where when I left, it gave us the flexibility to really focus on beefing up that 2019 schedule. So we went from 23 to 49 tournaments that next year because I would partner with both Kathy and Gigi where maybe one tournament, all three of us would go to. And then another tournament, just two of us would go to. We were basically working out our own standard operating procedures. When do we send out emails? When do you follow up on payments? 
Um, so a lot of the a lot of the when to do steps, the timeline we developed in that 2019. Now the market continues to shift. That software we started with pickleball tournaments is no longer in use. We switched over to pickleball brackets starting in 2021. So some of the processes we started, we now don't have to do because of the way that different software works. They're owned by the same company. So it's just that the evolution is continuing to change. And that's where it's nice now with four other tournament directors, we can really collaborate on this is what I've seen work. This is where I, this is, you know, one of the problem areas we have, but overall the game continues, the experience gets better and better um, because we continue to get the feedback from players. We're very open with people about if they've had a great time, if they didn't have a great time, what, what was, you know, what was it something in our control or something outside of our control? So a lot of it is, like they talk about, you know, with customer service, are you listening to your customer? Are you listening to the players? So um, I I feel like because of my shirt, people are pretty quick to find me and say, I really like this or I really dislike this. Um, this past year on Maui was a great example of all the players from around the country who played in a tournament we ran in Texas or Colorado or from Canada would come to Maui. So it was like a giant family reunion. And I could kind of, you know, ask those questions. What did you like most and what do you enjoy? And uh, it really, it's kind of that whole fun for everybody approach. We don't, we don't specialize in the pro or open money divisions. We focus on the other everyday player side. So I, I really feel it's that they're all, everyone's treated equally. It doesn't matter what your skill is or what your gender is that we all, we all have the same management style, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, you, say, you talk about skill and 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 mobile for open for everyone, but um, has there been any challenges trying to get people into the right categories or anything like that? So we all know ratings is broken. In any way you look at it, there's five or six rating systems. Nothing is consistent. It is not the same in every state. So we have had to resort to basically pool play with playoffs. And we have people self-rate and we're using self-rating because when someone says I was put in the wrong category, I can pull out a mirror and go, well, let's talk to the person that put you there because you chose to be in that category. And most people have a hard time accepting that it was their decision. Um, So we try to get ahead of the curve to make sure that people understand where they're playing or why. I would love to tell you the rating system is going to be fixed. Uh, I do not see a solution anywhere in sight. I don't. I don't see. I don't see how the ratings will be fixed anytime soon. It's getting more complicated uh, with another company, UTR, coming into the mix, um, and USA Pickleball hasn't announced their plans going forward, and it's it's uh, difficult. We use pickleball brackets most of the time, which has an agreement that no data can go to no data can go over to duper. So now it's, it's really stuck because all of the data is here. Everyone wants it over here, but no one can agree on how to make that happen. So uh, it is a, it's, it is very difficult trying to get everyone happy with where they play. Yeah. And I know nothing about this side, but I mean, do, will rankings do anything? Cause I noticed there's not, there's no you know, available rankings other than professionals. Well, so the World Pickleball Rating, which was based out of pickleball tournaments, has rankings. 
um, but it doesn't have a lot of da data to be accurate. So um, it's still, it's all about the data, who owns it and where it is. And it's, it's very difficult. So one of the other groups I'm associated with is U.S. Senior Pickleball. U.S. Senior Pickleball does all their tournaments in pickleball brackets, so all their data is true. And they do publish a top 10 50-year-old, top 10 55-year-old, top 10 60-year-old. So they do have a ranking system in U.S. Senior Pickleball for the 50 and over group. And it's fun because they give out $20,000 in prizes at the end of the year. So that's the only group that has really done something to recognize those top players in each of the age groups. It doesn't look at your skill. It's all about how many gold medals and how many points and it all adds up for each age group. Yeah, for sure. Um, for the growth of the sport, what, what um, did we see a lot of media um, um, attention on it now? Um, is there a sort of, will, will there be some sort of a lull or will it just continue to grow? How do you see that all uh, playing out? So I, I think it'll continue to go. Right now, there's a lot of facilities being built. There's a lot more accessibility expansion right now. So I still think it's going to keep fresh and it's going to keep growing. Um, the evolution from a traditional tournament to the team environment, I think that's the next step. Uh, where uh, Major League Pickleball has done well with the pros and they're trying to help have minor league pickleball groups in different parts of the country. Um, but there's still not enough courts to get practice time to have really true teams. So I think it's it's still in that growth cycle. I think in three years from now, what are all these buildings going to be doing is the real question. How do they plan on filling it? So when I started Pickleball is Great, the goal was to manage events at those locations so that they can focus on the day-to-day, -day, but they can at least put those two, three, four days on the books for us to manage um, so that they could reload and get ready and, you know, not have to worry about programming those courts. So I still think there's going to be a great need for pickleball is great. I believe there's, uh, we're going to double in the number of locations in the next 18 months, just because there's so much opportunity in so many places. So um, it, it's, it's been changing so quickly. It's hard to guess more than six months out, but I, I feel confident that for three more years, we're still going to be trending uphill and trying to fill the need or demand around the country. Got it. So you said teams are the futures, more of them traditions around teams. And maybe that's the way that the, uh, I guess the organization of it gets more streamlined. Well, and that's where we'll offer different types of tournaments. Are you looking for a one-day event? Are you looking for a traditional tournament? Are you looking for a new format? So that's where we will continue to innovate. We're testing some other software right now um, that we really like and are looking at how do we launch that without um, distracting from our main customer base. Uh, it's, it's a tricky situation to be in on how do you test new things while um, keeping the same... I don't want to pull resources away from what we're doing right now. Got it. S sounds like a sort of a crab walk. It is a little bit of a crab walk. It's a check and adjust. Uh, I was fortunate over my years in retail um, as I had an uh, opportunity to become Lean Six Sigma certified. So all this process improvement stuff, it helps me really kind of stay on track on is this 
adding value or is this a waste of time? How how do I keep keep us focused on moving forward? All right. Very cool. Um, is there anything I didn't ask you, but uh, you want to share? Oh, I, I would say the, the biggest uh, thing I'd like to share is make sure that uh, when you see the pig logo, you'll know that there's someone that gets the player experience. It's all about how do I make sure that you have a good time? Uh, we're very good at keeping in touch with people, so don't be afraid to ask questions. Every tournament has a, a button on there that says contact tourney. That way you'll talk to the right person. Um, we're in, uh, for example, at the end of the month of February, we're going to be in four states all on the same weekend with 800 players. So it really helps if you're talking to the right person. Uh, we can all kind of see each other's tournaments, um, but to get to the right person will really help. And you'll see this year we're, uh, we're doing a lot of expansion, a lot of hiring, a lot of expansion. So uh, you'll see more of Pickleball is great all around the country. All right, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Alpha Pickleball Podcast with Tats. If you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe, rate, and connect with us on social media. Stay alpha on the Pickleball Court until our next session.